Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. A person who actually lived as things were developed. For example, you might know or might not know the name Gary Fisher. He's a famous mountain biker. We, we can thank the mountain bike industry for Gary Fisher and his involvement in California in designing mountain bikes. And so studying and learning about how that all came to be, or if you like basketball, um, following Dr. J or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant or more um, modern LeBron James, um, watching all of them and, and navigate the, the different things that they navigated while the game of basketball was just blowing up and exploding. Um, I, I really enjoy following things through the lens of a real person who has been there. Even in Christianity, studying church history, studying somebody like Martin Luther, who was really at the, the, the spearhead of Protestant Christianity, he, he had to hide in a castle for months translating the Bible into German and just learning about the hardship that he had to endure so that the German people could have a Bible in their own language. So you could read about all these things that happened in history, but seeing them through real live eyes that were there and experienced those things brings everything to life. Well, I share all that because today we're going to look at the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus through one particular person's eyes, and her name is Mary. And it's not Mary, Jesus' mother, um, it's Mary Magdalene, who is a woman that we're going to, to um, see in our passage today, which is Matthew 28. And Mary um, knew Jesus really well, was a good friend of Jesus, was part of Jesus' inner circle of, of followers, and the, the ladies that were in that inner circle often supported um, Jesus financially and his disciples. So she was a most likely a wealthy woman. Um, you might know her as Mary Magdalene. And the reason um, she is called Mary Magdalene because Mary in Bible times was a really, really, really common name. Like Bob or John or Joe or Steve or, or whatever would be common. Nowadays the name seven sounds so common. So We'll, we'll go back a few decades for common names. But she would have a really common name, so her name is Mary Magdalene in the Bible because she was from a fishing community called Magdala. And so they, so people could know who, which Mary it was. Um, the, the biblical authors distinguish her as Mary Magdalene. So look at Matthew 28. should be projected behind you here. And we'll jump into the story. This is a true account from an eyewitness, a dear friend of Jesus himself. And the whole time we go through this, we're going to see these things through her eyes. Now after the Sabbath, for the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of the guards, they trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, as I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So we're going to think about Jesus' life through the experience of Jesus' dear friend, Mary Magdalene. And the, the big idea here is, is Mary was an eyewitness of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So she saw firsthand and encountered Jesus firsthand. First thing I want us to think about is that Jesus, that Mary was an eyewitness of Jesus' life. Pretty early on in Jesus' ministry, when he was about 30 years old, maybe 31, Jesus met Mary, and Mary's life was forever changed by Jesus. And Luke tells us some of the details of that. Soon afterward, he went through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some of the women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Did you catch that? When, when Jesus met Mary, when Mary first met Jesus, she was hopeless, she was helpless, she was, even the Bible says, demon-possessed. She would have been miserable. And one encounter with Jesus, she was set free. And she became a follower of Jesus and a friend of Jesus and traveled with Jesus. So she was an eyewitness, most likely, of many of the miracles that Jesus performed while he was on earth. She would have had no doubt that he was the promised king from the Old Testament. And she would have experienced his power in her own life, his love towards her in her own life. And so she was a complete and devoted follower of Jesus because she had firsthand experience with Jesus. She would have heard him teach many, many, many times. She most likely would have seen him care for the lowly and the outcasts. She would have seen him heal people with leprosy or blindness. She would have seen him restore people's relationships, like those who had leprosy, who couldn't be with the people that they loved because of their, their disease. And then Jesus would come in and touch them and heal them and restore them. She would have seen that over and over again. She would have been a firm believer in this. While Jesus' ministry was going on, John the Baptist, well-known guy in the Bible, he was in prison, 
And he sent his disciples to find out that Jesus really was the Messiah. He said, go, go on a scouting report, check him out, and tell, tell me if he's really the one. And this is what Jesus tells the scouts as they go out. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Day after day. Week after week. Most likely month after month. Mary Magdalene would have been in this inner circle of people traveling with Jesus, watching him do miracle after miracle after miracle. There's this curious passage in the end of the book of John that says this about Jesus. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Meaning, Jesus did so many things, so many miracles, encountered so many people, transformed so many lives that if, if one were to start writing books, not only would this room not be big enough, not only would Indiana County not be big enough, the state of Pennsylvania wouldn't be big enough, the entire globe wouldn't be big enough. And Mary Magdalene would have been up front and center watching Jesus display the fact that he was truly God and truly man. Now I want you to imagine from Mary's perspective, her life has been restored. She has been close with Jesus and his disciples and the group of women that are traveling with them. They become friends. I don't think it's a stretch to imagine they shared meals together. They saw crazy stuff that Jesus did together. I'm sure they talked about it and celebrated it. And then they were there when Jesus was falsely accused, handed over to be crucified. Mary and a group of ladies was there off in the distance when Jesus, whom they loved and trusted in, was being crucified on the cross. Not only was she an eyewitness of his life, but Mary was an eyewitness of Jesus' substitutionary death, where he died in our place. He died in the place of sinners. Listen to this from the book of Mark. There were some women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and the younger of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with them to Jerusalem. So they were there. They were watching. They were grieving. There was sorrow as Jesus died on the cross. We don't know it, but, but they may, maybe some of them, maybe Mary Magdalene herself would have remembered, oh no, Jesus actually talked about this before he died. He actually predicted that he would die and he'd suffer. He not only predicted it, but he said, I have to do it. See, we have this, we see this in a couple places in the Bible, but one is in Luke 9. This is while Jesus 
was walking on earth, doing his ministry before he went to the cross, he says this. This is after one of the disciples professed that he is indeed the Messiah. It says, and he strictly charged and commanded them to tell no one, saying, the Son of Man, as the title for Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. See, Jesus wasn't surprised by the cross. Jesus wasn't surprised that he had to die. Why is that? Why did Jesus have to die? Jesus had to die because we, all humans, are born with the sinful nature. We rebel against God and his holy standards, his, his absolute perfection. All of us created his image, yet fatally flawed because of sin. And the only way we can be restored is by having someone who is fully God, fully man, die in our place. Take the punishment that we deserve. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He was innocent. He was perfect in every single way, in action, in thought, in deed. And so when he hung on the cross, he received the wrath of God, God's holy punishment for sin. Not sins that he has done, but sins that we have done. And so all who look to Jesus are saying, I'm a sinner I need a savior. I need a substitute. I need somebody who can die in my place and cover me. And that's what a Christian is. It's someone who trusts in Jesus as their substitute. But I want you to imagine if you're Mary Magdalene or if you're Mary Jesus' mom. You're there. Your son is, is dying slowly. All the celebratory moments are fading in the background, and the darkness has come over the land, and there's a deep sorrow. Eventually, Jesus is, he dies, and they put him in the grave. And I want you to imagine the day after the crucifixion, if you're Mary Magdalene, or if you're Mary, Mother Jesus, or if you're one of the disciples who... We're not, didn't seem to be as brave as the women that were there. They, they hid, they scattered. Peter even denied that he even knew Jesus. These women didn't deny that they knew Jesus. They were committed to him. They were so committed to him that after he died, and after the Sabbath had passed, they waited to, to bring the, the proper burial um, elements to his grave, to give him the, the proper covering. Not only was Mary an eyewitness of his life and his death, but she was one of the very first people to learn that Jesus had risen from the grave. Let's go back to our passage again. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Heavy in heart, maybe a little glimmer of hope, we don't know. And behold, there was a great earthquake. So think of the emotional roller coaster that she had been on in the last few days. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of him, guards trembled and became like dead men. They weren't guarding much, I mean. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So Mary Magdalene, from grief and sorrow to joy, maybe a little fear, but joy, a hope that Jesus has risen from the grave. She, she would have thought, she may have thought, I, I knew, I knew he was the one. I knew he was the one. I knew he was more than just another king. He was the king. Holy God, holy man. John, the Apostle John, gives us more detail about Mary's encounter with the risen Jesus. And I, as, as you picture this, I want you to imagine what this would be like. So she is on a very, very, very short list of people that Jesus, the risen Jesus, decides to show himself to first and foremost, even before the 12 disciples or the 11 disciples who would be the future leaders of the church. This is John's account. It's from a different angle. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they laid him. Maybe grave robbers, somebody took him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him away. Now, what happens next is like one of my very favorite accounts in the entire Bible. Jesus said to her, now imagine her whole roller coaster of emotions. She's crying, she's weeping, she's sad, she's filled with sorrow. And she can't quite recognize the risen Jesus. He somehow could like uh, hide his identity from people and then and show it. This is what he said, verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, he knew her by name. Mary. And she responded immediately. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So she is filled with sorrow. Jesus appears, knows her by name. She responds with joy and excitement. And maybe a little over the top, because verse 17 says, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. And she's gripping it. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers 
and say to them, I, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he said these things to her. So she went on to report the account. See, she trusted in Jesus while he lived. She trusted him as her substitute. She trusted in the risen Jesus. And the, the main passage we're looking at today says they, they worshipped him. So it wasn't that Jesus is just another prophet. He is the king of kings. He is fully, truly God and fully, truly human. And he died and he rose from the grave. And it is a real event that really happened. And she was one of the first eyewitnesses to know that Jesus, in fact, rose from the grave. So back to our main passage, verse 8. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Would have been one of those moments where if they were running, I'm sure they were running, they would probably felt like they were floating on the ground, just kind of leaping from one step to the next. Ran to the disciples, and behold, Jesus met them. Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. You just see, if you don't know much about Jesus yet, he is filled with love and compassion in a very personal way. He knew Mary by name. He not only said, go and tell the disciples that I'm risen, go and tell my brothers, my dear family, my friends. See, Jesus knows who you are, even if you don't know who he is. Jesus is filled with love and compassion for you. Maybe you're in a situation like Mary Magdalene, and your life is just kind of out of control. Jesus is a master at entering into stormy life situations and settling them down, restoring what is broken, reconciling what is, is, is separated, and just cleaning individual men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, up one at a time, over and over and over again. See, the reality of the resurrection is something we just cannot ignore. There's no other religion, no other philosophy that has a risen Savior that is not just his teachings, though his teachings are incredible, but it's his actions that demonstrate the truthfulness of his claims of who he is. There's a passage in the Bible that says, after Jesus rose, he appeared to the twelve disciples, Eleven disciples, then, then the Apostle Paul. Then he appeared to more than 500 people. That as the Apostle Paul was writing that account in 1 Corinthians, most of them who had seen the risen Jesus were still alive at that time. Over 500 people saw the risen Jesus who was crucified and then rose on the third day. Pastor Tim Keller says this about the resurrection. If you are looking at Christianity, start by looking at Jesus' life as it is shown to us in the Gospels, and especially at the resurrection. Don't begin as modern people do by asking yourself if Christianity fits who you are. If the resurrection happened, 
Then there, there is a God who created you for himself. Yes, Christianity fits whether you can see it now or not. If he's real risen, then just like Paul, even though he had none of the answers to any of his questions, you have to say, what would you have me do, Lord? If he's real and he's risen, you've got to grapple with it. And here's the thing. He is real and he is risen. So we have to grapple with it. This life is not all there is. One day, all of us are going to die. And the only way to be ready for that day is to have a Savior who is God himself, fully human, fully God, who paid the price for all of our sins and wrongs. And so may this be the day that you call out to Jesus if you do not know him. Now for those of you who do know him, he wants you to know how much he loves you. He knows you personally. He knows your circumstances. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. He knows your suffering. He knows your longings. He knows your heartaches. He wants you to know that. And he wants you to tell other people about how much he loves them too. Remember, one of the last things, right after the resurrection, this is, this is John's account, when he's trying to peel, when Jesus is trying to peel Mary's hands off of him because she's so excited to see him. She is white knuckling and holding on tight. Don't cling to me. For I've not ascended to the Father. I've got some work to do to execute this plan fully. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. If you know Jesus, you've seen the Lord. You've experienced Jesus' forgiveness and cleansing you of guilt and shame. You've experienced the Holy Spirit's power of helping you to be changed from the inside out. You know what it's like to be covered by a Father's love, to be adopted into his family. So go and tell others you have seen and experienced the Lord. Let's all stand and pray and the band can come up. Holy Spirit, thank you for the scriptures that we just read. Lord, may everyone be encouraged at this view of Jesus through the lens of Mary Magdalene. Lord, as we head to the dinners and, and do different things throughout the day, may we not lose sight of you. May we know your love and your care and your grace towards all of us. And Lord, we will give you all the praise and all the glory. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Calvary.